traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Now, some silly guys on a boat off the coast of South Carolina looking at Fox News right now on patrol with the FBI looking for um, looking for parts from the balloon. Uh, so much in the media protecting Joe Biden. Still, this thing, they waited until it got over the ocean. And now they're finding, oh, it's hard to get the parts out of the water. Uh, the whole damn thing stinks. And Joe Biden last night, you know, he had another chance. He's only spoken about the China balloon on four occasions. He had to be asked about it each time. It's not like he came out. I've got something to say about the China balloon. He had to, he had to be asked. He had to be prompted. And um, he hasn't said one crossword, not one, you know, China, you better not do this again. You know, nothing. We don't want any problems. We don't want any problems with China. You know, if you don't, if you don't get tough now, they'll do it again. This is a test of Joe Biden. Everybody seems to understand that. They're testing you. And you're failing. You're failing. You're a pushover. We need Trump. Remember him? It was China's fault. China's responsible. And don't you forget it. Remember that. They did this. That's what you need. And he can't do it. Hey, this is uh, brand new. It's not a The Super Bowl is Sunday, right? Um, who the hell's playing again? <laughs> the, Ch- the Chiefs and the Eagles. Anyway, usually it's customary that there would be an interview. The president of the United States sits down. Uh, with Fox. Is it because Fox has the Super Bowl? It just seems like Fox always did it. Remember Bill O'Reilly would sit down with Barack Obama. Obama would sit down with uh, with Bill O'Reilly. That happened a couple of times. Uh, Trump liked to sit down with Sean Hannity. So the network that's carrying the, the big game gets the the interview. Well, there will be no interview. Because a White House official has said the following. The, the interview's off. But listen to this. These lying liars and the liars who tell them. Uh, the president was looking. This is according to a White House official. The president was looking forward to an interview with Fox Soul. To, oh, there, there's my answer. <laughs> Fox Soul. What the hell is that? This, is there a network named Fox Soul? There's a black fox. I yes, there yes there is. I forgot about this. I heard it was in the works. <sighs> okay, Fox Soul. That's its own story. So I guess Brett Bear wasn't going to be the anchor on this one, huh? It's going to be uh, somebody else. Fox Soul. I got to learn more about Fox Soul. I'm not a big fan of Fox right now. You know why? And I'm going to lay my cards on the table. Am I biased? Yes. Am I annoyed? Yes. Because my awesome book, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement, I was all set, locked, and loaded to go on Fox News. And then somebody canceled it. Maybe maybe the same one who canceled this interview with Fox Soul. Who knows? Nope. Can't have Greg Kelly on Fox talking about conservative issues, talking about truth. 
talking about issues that might make some liberals uncomfortable or maybe even big corporate elitists who just want the status quo and want to go along with this Joe Biden stuff. I got kicked off of Fox News uh, when I wanted to promote my book. I don't go on 60 Minutes to promote the book. I can't get one hour of MSNBC like they gave Mark Pomerantz. So the book, stick it to him. Help me out here, all right? Still available wherever books are sold. And I would not ask you to buy this book if it wasn't of value, all right? It's um, it's something that is going to move the needle. May not be apparent right away, but I think this book is making history. It's uh, and it's selling at a at a at a slow and steady rate. And sometimes slow and steady wins the race. Um, all right, back to this. The president was looking forward to an interview with Fox Soul to discuss the Super Bowl, the State of the Union, and critical issues impacting everyday lives of black Americans. But it's our understanding that Fox Corps has asked for the interview to be canceled. Hmm. Uh, All right. A couple of things are going on here. I think, and I don't know for sure, either the people at Fox... Could be the people at Fox Soul said, uh, we want to ask about anything we want to ask about. You can't just limit us to the State of the Union speech, the Super Bowl, and issues affecting black Americans. Because you know what? The issues affecting black Americans, you know, black Americans are also known as Americans. I find that so minimizing and patronizing, black Americans. I would find it minimizing and patronizing if they said white Americans, Asian Americans. How about the people, for God's sake? I remember the theme of the phony baloney 2020 Democrat National Convention. You know what it was? You know, they had a they had a phrase, a catchy phrase. We the people. They just thought somebody read an article in, um, I think, the New Yorker magazine that said the most powerful words in the English language are we the people. It was just some magazine article. Somebody read it and said, oh, my God, the most powerful words in the English language are we the people. Yes, we the people. So they put we the people up all over the place. But no, now they want to just talk to black Americans on the Fox Soul Network. Remember the Soul Train. What do you know about Fox Soul? Do you get Fox Soul on your cable? It's funny. You can get Fox Soul, but you can't get Newsmax on DirecTV. <laughs> what the hell is that? All right, so possibly this also. The White House made the agreement with Fox Soul, and Big Fox said, oh, no, 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 no. You do it with us. You do it with Big Fox. You do it with the Fox where you watch, uh, you know, the football game and the Simpsons, and, uh, yeah, you watch it on the Big Fox. You're not making any arrangements. No, 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 no. You don't make arrangements with our subsidiary. Might have been canceled for that. Um. But bottom line, Joe can't handle it. He's he's had a rough week in front of the media. You wouldn't know that by listening to the um, the conversation nationwide because they, uh, well, they they deny the obvious and they 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 conceal it. Now, where do we have here? Joe, um, he was extraordinarily bad when he sat down. There were two interviews. There's a Telemundo interview and there was the Judy Woodruff interview. Let's see. Uh, Cut 32, please. There was a deliberate effort by the last guy to uh, to play on people's fears and to uh, appeal to uh, 
base instincts. I mean, uh, and it, it just it's not who we are. The last guy is Trump. And what is he talking about? I really would like to drill him down. Like, what do you mean by that? What do you mean? A secure border is not playing on our fears. Secure border is your job. It's, oh, I know. You're trying to say we're racist, right? Is that what you're right? right? People who are different and all that stuff, you don't know what you're talking about. You're a, gosh, what a foolish person. And you want to hear somebody playing on fears? Listen to Joe Biden as president. Does this sound like somebody's trying to unify? Or is he, a, is he appealing to base instincts? Cut 33, please. Cut 33. The Capitol Police, the D.C. Metropolitan Police, other law enforcement agencies were attacked and assaulted before our very eyes, speared, sprayed, stomped on, brutalized, and lives were lost. And for three hours, the defeated former president of the United States watched it all happen as he sat in the comfort of the private dining room next to the Oval Office. While he was doing that, brave law enforcement officers were subject to the medieval hell for three hours. Medieval hell. He was talking about January 6th, two years later. Two years later. What's wrong with him? He's got to keep this going. He's got to keep us uh, divided. He's got to keep us at each other's throats. they got to keep talking about January 6th. By the way, January 6th, after that big dud of a report full of all kinds of mistakes, and I guess i got to go back to uh, debunking it, kind of everybody moved on. But now that uh, Joe Biden is in such peril, and he is, uh, they, they're they trying to change the subject back to January 6th. He can't be renominated. He can't be. And here's the real problem. If he is, then I know, everybody will know, that the election is over, that they've rigged it so he'll win. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. Uh, a couple of key Democrat lawyers working with Joe Biden and Susan Rice are running the country and determining who will the next president be. Um, this is crazy. And this is sad, man. We deserve so much more. Let's see. Don't we? Don't we? Hey, on another topic, did you see that girl get beat up in the high school in New Jersey, 14 years old, getting kicked? And punched, just pummeled. I've never seen that before with my own eyes. Certainly, I've never seen, I've never really seen girls fight except on viral videos. And when you see it, it's really, especially a bunch of girls teaming up on one, eighteen against one, kicking. And this poor girl, the video goes viral, and uh, I guess that's insult to injury, literally. She committed suicide. So I also noticed this. Anti-bullying awareness is like at its peak, right? I, how many silly PSAs? I, I get they mean well, but they do nothing. Public service announcements. It's some sort of deal between the TV station and I think the FCC. You must run this number of uh, public service announcements for the community. And uh, they make no difference. In a weird way... I don't know, talking about bullying all the time. And look, I was bullied a little bit growing up. And yeah, I bullied a couple of people too. And it was different back then because, you know, you got home from school and it was basically over. It was basically over. This stuff, this bullying follows you around and uh, can stay with you. And I used to hate that. You ever been through a crisis where it's your last 
thought of the night and it's your first thought of the morning, that can be really tough. I remember going through some stuff in school and it was like that. Oh, gosh, that uh, that was really well, tough to watch. What are we going to do about that, huh? Senator Hawley, Josh Hawley, the guy from Missouri, brilliant man. I hope he's president someday. Quite frankly, I like a president to be a bit older, you know, 70 or something like that, with their kids already grown up and they don't have to worry about them anymore. But once in a century or so, somebody comes around who's like ready for the job when they're 36. I think Josh Hawley is one of those guys. And he came out and said, we have got to make the a new minimum age for social media. You have to be 16 or older to be on social. That's a really good idea, especially for young girls. I mean, that Instagram nonsense uh, and the stuff that is communicated and talked about. Can you imagine if you were in high school, let's say you're, um, you know, let's say you're 40 and up. Go back to your high school days. Can you imagine what it would be like if you sent a girl or a girl sent a boy a picture of their genitalia? Think about what that would entail. You'd have to take the picture and then you'd have to go to the store to develop the picture. Some stranger would have to make that picture. And then uh, you'd have to put it in an envelope and send it to an address. Um, What else would you have to do? I guess they'd have to call you on the phone when they got it so you know they had it. Now, now, that's that's lunacy, right? Now you can do all of that in the blink of an eye, and they're doing it. They're actually doing it. It's technically child pornography, by the way. Um, we have, this is like a blinking light, red light, five alarm fire, DEFCON 5. We are in big Big trouble, um, aren't we? Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Maybe we should move to an island or something like that. Maybe, although that guy from upstate New York on the farm, he told me that uh, the problems happen up there too. An island, a farm, somewhere remote. Somewhere, eh, you can't run away from life's problems, right? You got to confront it and deal with it, and we will. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, just working on a tweet. I passed a guy today. I actually passed four guys, but one of them really stuck out. It was a, it was a construction worker, without a doubt. Had all the tools. Wearing the you know you know what they look like with the hat, with the hat, the hard hat, and the uh, the vest and the and what was he doing? He's probably twenty five years old, smoking weed, smoking weed at eleven in the morning, just walking down the street, smoking weed. Enjoying himself. It was the fourth uh, guy I saw smoking weed in about three blocks. What the hell's going on? And he's in construction. Uh, all the buildings are going to start coming out crooked. I mean, we, it's what? When did this? When did we decide as a society that this was good? Huh? When? when? It's not. Hey, it's like you know, it's better than drinking. Well, you know what? At least. Uh, it's still frowned upon to see somebody uh, drinking a beer at uh, 11 in the morning, right? I think so. For the most part, on the street, when you're in uniform, that's not good. But now you can smoke. They're smoking it like a cigarette. We're going down the tubes. These buildings are going to be all busted and weird and funky. 
Seriously, they fall down like crazy. You know, the earthquake in Syria wasn't as bad as, as, as some of the ones we have here, but our building code is better. We just are better at building. We, we learn these things. And some of those damn regulations that you know, they can get carried away, but a lot of them actually do keep us safe. No, 70% of them are ridiculous, but the 30% you still need. Uh, hey, I interviewed George Santos. George Santos, I interviewed him last night. And uh, the congressman, you know, the one who's uh, you know, center of attention. My God, they're treating him like he's a head of state, following him around all over the case, all over the place. Well, you know, look, he's been accused of lying. He actually has admitted to some lies. Uh, but now everybody's writing so many stories about him. I cannot separate fact from fiction. I do know in certain instances there, you know, oh, he lied, he lied, he lied. Well, okay, that was a statement on his website, all right? I mean, Joe Biden yelled at a voter's face. I had three degrees from undergraduate work, three degrees in college. He barely had one. Uh, Richard Blumenthal boasted about being in Vietnam. He wasn't. So I think it's got to be put in a little bit of context and perspective. Still, I am curious about some stuff. And we went into it last night. Uh, all right. So why do people lie? What's this coming from? All right. He lied, he lied about graduating from Baruch College. Uh, here's my here's a little uh, moment from last night's interview with Congressman George Santos, sitting congressman, Republican from Long Island. Hey, one of the reasons why they're hounding him so much, they want to get him out of there. They're trying to whittle away at the Republican majority. Remember that. Oh, there's the music. All right. We'll do it when I come back. And, uh, yeah. All right, one more time. My book, You'll Make Me Very Happy. It's available wherever books are sold. Oh, I'm going to be signing them on the 18th, which I think is next Saturday. Is that next Saturday? At uh, Out there in Ronkonkoma. It should be a great event. Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement, wherever books are sold. Amazon, of course. And also those cutesy little bookstores. They're still out there, a few of them, and we got to support them. Thank you. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, so Fox Soul is a thing. It is a free streaming service and digital broadcast network targeting African-American audiences that is owned by Fox Corporation. In other words, by a bunch of white people trying to figure out what black people want or just trying to signal to um, uh, woke elites Leftist elites of all kinds of colors that, hey, we're down, okay? Hey, we're, we're, we're with you. It's, that's tough to do when you're a multinational, uh, <laughs> arguably evil corporation. Arguably. There are some good people there, of course. And uh, we need multinational corporations. But I'm sorry, Fox Soul. How about targeting the audience? You know, an audience. People. Joe Biden at the Super Bowl wanted to talk to black Americans about black issues. I didn't realize that black people and white people and Asian people and all that were, were so different. That's what they want us to think, at least. All right. So what did I do? Um, I talked to George Santos yesterday. Excuse me. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, cut 46, please. 
Yes, people exaggerate on their resumes and embellish, but there are some items here that seem to go beyond that. What was motivating you? Was it insecurity? Brian Williams famously got caught in a bunch of lies and he said, look, I was trying to be something I wasn't because I felt insecure. What was going on inside you? Look, Greg, here's the deal. I would have never gotten the nomination from Nassau County GOP if I had not concluded college. That was really the main driver because of the way of the nature of their politics over there. It's, it's just plain and simple, right? So I, I made that bad decision. I stand by my work experience. I, I walk the walk. I talk the talk. I know what I'm doing. Uh, I, I have that through a career of success and coming from a basement apartment to being a member of Congress and everything in between. Life wasn't kind. The journey wasn't easy. You know, uh, it, I've, I've taken some sacrifices and some hits in the face, but I stand here to say confidently that to say that I deceived and, and it was a campaign of deceit and deception is just not fair. That's just the political spin that the Nassau County GOP wants to create on this narrative. And as you, as you know, New York politics, it's pretty simple. The party bosses run the narrative and everyone follows suit. And this is what's going on at the moment. I got to admit, I was kind of impressed. Uh, he, he, did a, he, did a, he did a very good job. I thought I was pretty good, too, quite frankly. Let's see here. There are a lot of question marks about how he funded his campaign, a great big loan that he made to his campaign, $700,000. And uh, it's unclear whether it was personal funds or where, where where this money's coming from. Anyway, that came up. Cut 47, please. There is a bit of a question mark about how you made your money, where the money came from. I'm looking at uh, loans that were made to the campaign by you, but it's unclear if it's actually your funds or someone else's. $700,000, $120,000. Go ahead, please. Where did the money come from? I can attest that the total of the money was all legitimate money obtained through my legal practices with my company, and I distributed my dividends to myself and loaned it to the campaign. I was all in on this. This wasn't, I had my heart and soul on this. This isn't, this isn't about power. This is about getting stuff done. Having somebody like me come and represent other people who are just like me, simple-minded folks who come from absolutely nothing and have a voice in Congress. As far as the finances, as you can imagine and appreciate, it is an ongoing uh, inquiry, and we're more than willing and always willing to supply anything that is asked of us. And I stand strong, and I have no no doubt in my mind they all were attained, all my funds were attained through legitimate reasons and channels. And I have no no fear to say that I will uh, will suffer any ethics issue with that. Mm, all right, I think I followed up because I, I there I sensed I was getting a little bit of double talk and uh, smooth talk. Let's see here. Where's the next uh, part of this thing? Uh, cut 48. I would love it if you could be a bit more specific because these are these are real sizable figures. Of course, Greg, the Volder Organizations was founded in 2001 when I stepped away from my previous employment and I decided to go on my own to do exactly what I have did for other companies for years, which is capital introduction, relationship management. All right, he goes on and on. And he, I mean, I, so when I, he starts talking about that stuff, the finances, I... We're talking very fast, but um, let's see. Now, let's face it. He, he acknowledges he got busted. You heard it uh, for the college transcript. He did not graduate. And he also boasted about being a championship volleyball player. You could argue uh, those things are inconsequential. Um, but I argued the opposite. Listen to this. Cut 44, please. 
Now, Joe Biden famously lied throughout his career, specifically early on about his educational credentials. And if Joe Biden were here, well, I'd want to know, and anybody who was around back then, he could have been stopped back then. And my concern about you, uh, Congressman, respectfully, is that if you will lie about the small things, of course, maybe you'll lie about the big things. And Joe Biden, we know he's lied about everything. How can you allay, say, my concerns? I mean, if you're going to embellish about this, that, and the other thing, what about the real stuff when it gets real important? Well, Greg, let's put it this way. I want to be judged based on my actions. If you look at my report card, I right now stand as one of the most conservative members of Congress, keeping to my word that I will vote conservatively for the people of New York's 3rd Congressional District, right? Joe Biden, on the other hand, spent a life in a litany of, that spans 47 years. That's just to give you some... some perspective. That's 13 years longer than I've been alive. I'm 34 years old. And he spent a litany of his of his entire political life making false promises on campaigns and then reneging them once he gets elected. So that's very different than what, look, I come from a tough background. I come from a tough upbringing. I might have made some stupid decisions and I regret them. And I say this to everybody at home, don't do that. You know, be better than that. And I'm doing that. I'm working hard to regain the trust of the voters who sent me here so they understand that nothing about my campaign, my, pro my propositions of, of what I would do as a member of Congress were a lie. All right. Uh, he's a good talker. <laughs> uh, look, it's, it's, I'm still a little bit confused by him. I was impressed with him last night uh, to a degree. Um, you know, I'd like to be a con at one point in my life. I wanted to be a congressman, you know, but I had to take stock and I had to, you know, OK, I don't think I can do it because of this, that and the other thing, at least not right now. He took stock and said, OK, uh, I can't do it as this person, but maybe I can do it if I just adjust this, that and the other thing about my biography. So nevertheless, believe it or not, I'm going to tell you something. I like the guy. <laughs> I just find him. I, I found him likable. I know that's kind of crazy to say in this moment, um, but uh, look, it is what it is. Let's see here. There's another thing I wanted to ask you about or show you. Uh, da, 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 da. Ah, here's this. What about the brain tumor? Yeah, cut 52. Cut 52. Did you survive a brain tumor? Um, I had my own personal medical uh, issues uh, in the past, and I, I don't feel I need to go into details, but yes, I did have uh, All right. an, an, an acute tumor of... This is what concerns me. I mean, I it's, it's, it, yes. you'll have to admit, you're a critic of Joe Biden. So am I. But it's very Biden-esque to take a kernel of truth and make it into a possibly more appealing story for voters. Yeah, right. I forgot what he said after that. All right. Oh, there's this guy named Pedro who's been running around saying he was he uh, he ripped me off. He lied to me. Uh, we were engaged. Uh, there was no ring. Uh, he, and he's calling him a psychopath. His name is Pedro. And I had to find out about Pedro. Cut 53. You're in politics. People go through your stuff. And there's a guy out there named Pedro who claims that he's an ex-boyfriend, possibly a fiancé of yours. He's calling you a psychopathic liar. His words, not mine. What do you say to Pedro? And do you offer him or anyone else an apology? And I'm talking about the people that are telling the media that you hurt them, that you really wronged them personally. Have you made amends with them? And who is Pedro? So, Greg, I'll, I'll be very clear on one point. There 
is no active investigation with the Ethics Committee that we haven't been notified of. If that were to happen, we would be more than willing to comply. As far as who Pedro is and all these other people, I leave one question to you, Greg. If I am this horrible person that deceded and hurt all these people throughout all these years and, and did all these acts of crime, why did not one single one of them who have all come out of the woodworks from different walks of life not gone to the police, filed a police report and sued me or taken me to jail if I were this criminal? Instead, I invite everybody to look into these people and look at their backgrounds and what I did for them. I've helped them coming from homeless situations. I've helped them coming into my house and ruining my life, literally, disturbing my entire life with my family and, and ruining my marriage. So Pedro is a person I hold with very little respect because of his track record and because of what he's done. I doubt that Mr. Uh, Pedro would be able to withstand one hour of serious questioning about his behavior, his ethics, and what he did to my family and I. All right. I didn't get but to the bottom of uh, Pedro and what he did or didn't do. Anyway, uh, look, he came and uh, we had a conversation. I think it was in, I think it was pretty good television. You got to remember, it's not like a litany. You got to manage the energy. And I thought I managed the energy. He was more serious than I thought. You know, my first plan was, uh, hey, uh, you know, congressman, you know, you told these lies. But uh, if you want to be a senator or a president, you got to get to work. You got to lie a lot more <laughs> and, uh, as an icebreaker, you know. But um, I was still planning to hit him with the other stuff. But he was uh, quite serious and I thought quite skilled, actually, in how he handled it. Uh, all right. Let's see here. Um, Gail in Staten Island. Hi, Gail. Hi. Good afternoon. Uh, I have a couple of points. Mm. The first point is this balloon blunder to me reminds me of when um, Biden addressed our nation in January of 2022 when the um, Tanks were lining up in troops outside of the Ukraine, and he called it a minor incursion. You know, in our family, we have a saying, you don't let the bear eat you, you eat the bear. And um, my second uh, observation that I wanted to tell you about is I saw that um, interview last night, and I thought it was excellent. You know, he didn't have uh, any questions that you were going to ask him, and you asked him great questions, and he gave you some good answers, and I feel like you do, and he would even go back on your show. Um, and uh, in your introduction of your book, that's exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about, uh, like, this, you know, when you say you're a station, you say that, you know, uh, fake news and the lying cowardice and the partisanship uh, of your colleagues, it's so true. You said you've never seen anything like this in history. And um, that's about it. Well, uh, hey, I concur totally. And thank you so much for the kind words. And, um, yeah, I, um, I'm i so touched, Gail. Thank you very, very much. And you bought the book. You watched the interview. What more can I ask of you? Is there anything I can do for you? Well, I want to tell you, we pre-ordered your book, my friends and I, uh, like you said, go to a small bookshop. That's what you like. So we drove over the bridge. We pre-ordered it, and it was ready January 10th, and we picked up your book. And, uh, you know, we were telling the woman in the store about you. Uh, but my question is, actually, what can I do for you? Anything? Anything at all? Name it. Just stay the way you are, and please, don't let that station go off the air. My gosh, what is going on? Oh, you mean Newsmax and our fight with uh, DirecTV. Yeah, thank you. Well, Gail, thank you so much, man. 
I can do that. I will not change. <laughs> Thank you, Gail, very much. Um, yeah, AT&T, DirecTV, we are, uh, we're still fighting it. Um, if you want to get involved, I want Newsmax.com or just go to my Twitter, at Greg Kelly USA. I tweet about it uh, quite a bit during the day, although I just put up that uh, thing about the guy with the joint. You want to hear my tweet? It's actually pretty good. This makes some people crazy. I do that a little bit on purpose, but it's designed to get attention, but also to make a point. And the point is we should not have men, and I mean men, I mean working men and women, but mostly this is men, men who have jobs to do, men who I would assume most of them have families to support, shouldn't be walking around smoking pot on a weekday. Shouldn't smoke it, period, but all right, let's. can we at least agree don't smoke it <laughs> during working hours? All right, so I took a picture of a guy. I took it from the back, so it's not like I, you know, uh, what do they call it, doxed him or anything like that. I, but I, I just couldn't help myself. He, I almost said something to him. Instead, I just said, okay, I'm just going to take this sneaky picture from about 20 feet back. And he's got a, ye- a yellow hoodie and all this stuff on. And I'm like, the dude in the yellow hoodie, and I put dude in quotes, no particular reason, the dude in the yellow hoodie smoking a joint at 11 a.m., and it looks like he has a construction job, all kinds of tools and measuring equipment. We're going to start seeing many crooked buildings. The fourth guy I've seen today smoking the ganja. Trust me, it's no good. Stop it, in all caps. And um, number a couple of re- things, I, 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 every word of that is true. I put it in a certain form where you read it. It's a little bit visually. It brings you in visually. You got to use the quotation marks. You got to use upper, lowercase, mixed case. It's it's actually it's not about it's not about um, the language. It's almost about just how it looks visually. Nobody wants to read a dense paragraph, but if it looks like your eyes are going to take a ride, you know, go on a roller coaster. Somehow, I think it makes it more not readable but attractive to read. You want to read it. Doesn't make it more or less readable, but it makes you want to make the makes you make the decision to read it. Does that make sense? I've thought way too much about this. Give me a moment, please. Many thanks. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. They're going after these Republicans, these freshman Republicans, trying to pick apart their uh, their stories. We talked, we went through George Santos. Now, Anna Paulina Luna. Anna Paulina Luna, newly elected member of Congress, Republican from Florida, and they're trying to say that she is a fraud. I don't think she is. They're going into details. They went back to interview people she was in the military with. And like, I, I she was, uh, she supported Barack Obama uh, back then. You know what? <laughs> I went through a phase where I liked Barack Obama. I told you guys, I actually, I know, I was a different person. I got conned. I voted for him in 2008. So what? 
They went all the way back to some Air Force base she worked on, and they found a couple of people who don't like her. That's one of the things about the military. You know, you, you're in such cramped quarters with people. It's a very unnatural situation. You're going to, you know, you're going to have people who don't like you. I had plenty of people who didn't like me. I had, there were plenty of people I didn't like. And you're all jammed in there together. You know, you didn't like them, but you loved them, though. You'd still die for them. <laughs> uh, let's see here. And then they're going into, uh, I, 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 the story goes on for 10,000 words. I can't figure out what the problem is. Luna lived as a child in various apartments and homes in the Orange County cities of Irvine, Alyssa Viejo, and Santa Ana. Blah, 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 blah. Monica Luna, they traced her mother down, and uh, she's talking, said she was the only source of meaningful financial support. Anna had a life that looked like one, one thing, but in reality, there was a side people didn't know about. Other relatives have different recollections, saying Luna and her mother were supported by an extended family. The whole family kind of raised her. My dad was... See, they're telling the same story. They're actually telling the same story. The mother is saying, look, we had it hard. We were on our own. And then her cousins are saying, well, no, uh, we were there for her. If you're a cousin, you can only be there so much. You know, there's only so much you can do. It doesn't take away the Washington Post. What silly, foolish people. I've interviewed her probably a half a dozen times. She was in the Air Force. Good enough for me. Uh, What are your positions? What are you going to do? Uh, what else did we talk about? I didn't ask about her cousin. I didn't ask about anything that happened to her when she was nine. I didn't ask if some roommate of hers isn't talking to her that she had while she was in the Air Force. I couldn't. You know how many times I moved when I was in the military? I was in the military for nine years. I think I had to move 11 times. It was crazy. Absolutely crazy. But I had a oh, anyway, uh, this this is bothering me now. And they're because the Republican majority is so narrow, they're trying to pick them off one by one. Sandra, hello, and welcome back. Hey, Dave. Your interview last night with George Santos was superb. It was. You, you, he trusted you. And because of that, he opened up and said so many things. And I hand it to you. You, you knew when to kind of lay low and went to be a little more aggressive. I, I think it was excellent how you ha- handled him. And I, I like him, actually. I, I, I'd rather have him there than uh, Mitt Romney. <laughs> That's how I feel about that. Oh, uh, wow. Well. What? No, um, no, no. Thank you. I, I, you're welcome. And then I wanted to just tell you George Fetterman, he's still, John Fetterman is still in the hospital. They said he was being, they were letting him go, but he's still there. And then I, I wanted to tell you something else today, if I could. I have two friends. One friend lives in Philadelphia, and these two friends don't agree with me politically. One friend bought your book, the one in Philadelphia, and I'm really happy about that. The other friend, not argues, but she's always fighting what you know things. But she said she sent this to me. She was she's in Florida right now, and she she sent me this. She says I saw a lecture at a performing arts theater by General Mattis. It was a great lecture. He hit on many topics. The balloon, of course, was one of them. He believes it's nothing to worry about, but always okay to ask questions. He also believes, as Americans, when something is happening here, we should stick together. He also said there is no reason to criticize Biden. Then she adds... 
Then she says, and that's coming from a four-star conservative right-wing general. He's a wimp. He's not right-wing. He's a backstabber and a swamp lover. Thank you. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Seriously, what the hell is Fox Soul? I got to get this out there. Um, All right. Welcome back. Uh, Why is Joe Biden so reluctant to say anything cross about the Chinese? He will not say anything negative about China. Uh, I think he's as guilty as that guy in South Carolina, the lawyer. I'm sorry. That guy is guilty as hell. He's compromised. The Chinese have stuff on Joe Biden. They have stuff on Hunter. It's right there in plain sight. I think, you know, you were getting to the point that it's just so in your face. You know, what if I called him a traitor? What if I called him a spy? Because that's what they said to Donald Trump about Donald Trump. Do you remember the Helsinki meeting? There was a meeting in Helsinki, and they were at the same podium in the same room. Uh, actually, different podiums in the same room. Trump and Putin. And I think Trump, they were, they were, they were furious that Trump did not attack Putin for meddling in the 2016 election. And that somehow made him a traitor. Made him a treasonous scoundrel. I mean, they they went so over the top because at that time, uh, Trump would not say anything negative with the guy standing right there. You know, diplomacy. Hello, anybody. Right. Diplomacy. Aren't those highly scripted diplomatic moments? Joe Biden didn't even have the uh, ability to be in the same kind of environment, a press conference. Anyway, what am I saying? I think uh, what China did to us is a lot more serious than what Russia did in 2016. You know what they did? You got to look it up if you want to. Anybody, any liberal who says they meddled in our elections and they got Donald Trump elected and they did all this stuff and they sabotaged Hillary Clinton, just remember this. They spent $130,000 in 2016. Actually, in 2014, 15, and 16. That's all the money they spent on Facebook. That's it. The Internet Research Group. It's like two guys. And they're all indicted now, but it's like a notional indictment. They were just trying to make it seem bigger than it actually was. The Russians did not win this thing for Donald Trump in 2016. You know who won it for Trump? A combination of things. Hillary. Obama. Decades of the swamp ignoring our problems, our real problems. Let's see. The Iraq War. Losing wars. Not doing anything cool or kick-ass since we went to the moon. And in walks a celebrity that we all know. And we all know. We've all seen it. We don't have to be told We know he's achieved great things. We know he can build buildings. We know he can make number one TV shows. That's actually a thing. That's a value. That is of value. You know what he did? He converted a building, uh, the one, the Gulf and Western building. You You know what it's like to install 300 bathrooms? Imagine being able to figure out how to take a shower, how to install a shower on the 30th floor of a building. This is just incredible stuff to me. That is real. What you do is of real value. If you have a skill, and just about everybody has a skill, 
but especially ones that takes brain power and technical know-how in your hands. What skill does Joe Biden have? Look at him. Zero. Zero. He thinks his big thing, he brags about it, is his ability to connect with people. Well, even that (laughs) blew up in his face because he was, to connect, he would hug, kiss, lick, smell. Remember that? He said he wouldn't do it anymore. He's right back to doing it. He has no talent, no skill. What he does have, though, is a hell of a lot of jealousy. You ever notice this about him? He's very jealous. When he talks about how much money is uh, you know, out there and what businesses are making or what they made last year or what they're going to make next year, Joe gets very, very nasty about it. And you know why? I looked it up. He thinks he deserves that money. He really does. Uh, There was an article I found from 1974, and he said he was willing to forego his uh, all-outside income, very big of him, if and only if his senatorial salary was commensurate to his duties, responsibilities, and the magnitude of his job. And these guys think they have the most important jobs in the world. And when you are handling budgets, a trillion-dollar budgets, how much do you think somebody like Joe thinks he deserves? He, he, he deserves a lot more than he got. So he went out and got it anyway. All right, where is this thing where he's talking about uh, how much money everybody makes? Ah, here we go. Cut 31, please. Cut 31. 54, I believe, of the maybe 53 of the Fortune 500 companies that made $40 billion. You know how much money they made in the third and fourth quarter? I mean, the second and third quarter? $100 billion. $100 billion. No. It's outrageous. I, I, I want them to make money. That's fine by me. But the last six months, the six largest oil companies made more than $100 billion in profit. Exxon made more money than God. <laughs> There's a jealousy there. There's a resentment. That he and Hunter didn't get a cut of that because he thinks he deserves it. I would like to know how he made $11 million in 2017, his first year after the vice presidency. He says he made it through a book. You know, I've written a book now. I know a little bit more about the book publishing industry than I did, uh, well, before I wrote the book. I got a great publisher, Simon & Schuster, and it's really fun. And I'm going to tell you again, because we can really stick it to uh, your enemies and mine, and especially those at Fox News, to be honest. You know, how petty, how ridiculous, how that they would not welcome me on their programming to talk about this book. Well, I guess it's mutual. All right. Uh, We beat their ass. Newsmax, and they went to general quarters. Oh, boy. They, who knows, all the chicanery they came up with to, uh, I think they've created all kinds of problems and complications. You can do that when you're a multinational conglomerate. Newsmax is like a mom-and-pop shop, and I love it compared to uh, the evil empire over there. We're really small and nimble, mom-and-pop, independent. Independent. These guys have so many conflicts, so many IOUs, so many UOS. Who knows? But I'm not on the uh, any of the Fox programming talking about my book. I'm not on 60 Minutes talking about my book. 
I'm not getting an hour of programming on uh, mainstream media like they gave to Mark Pomerantz, nasty Trump-hating lawyer, who volunteers his time to hang around the district attorney's office to figure out a way to come up and prosecute Trump. It is a scandal. It is a scandal, this guy, Mark Pomerantz. And he's going to, I think he's going to get indicted. It looks to me like he violated his, uh, what do you call those things? Um, Confidentiality agreement. He violated that and he revealed himself. He revealed himself. He's he's like bending over backwards trying to come up with these convoluted theories to get Trump. Oh, I'll get back to Biden in a moment. Where is that thing? He also uh, gives us some insight into how he took down Alvin, not Alvin, uh, David Weisselberg. Remember Weisselberg, the accountant to uh, to Trump? Great guy. We knew him a little bit from The Apprentice, right? He was uh, terrific on that show. And where's my Pomerantz notes, please? Uh, here we go. Oh, first of all, Mark Pomerantz. Again, he's a retired lawyer hanging around. Volunteers. You don't even have to pay me, he says. I'll hang around the district attorney's office trying to come up with a new way to prosecute Trump. Doesn't the DA have enough lawyers as it is? Why does he need this volunteer from out of town? And why did you do it, Mark? Cut 41. At that point, I had a kind of personal decision to make. Do I keep my mouth shut, uh, go about my business, uh, or do I speak out? And I decided ultimately that I had a moral obligation to speak out. Oh, moral obligation, right, pal, huh? Mr. Morality. Mr. Morality. Well, listen to how these guys uh, operate. And he forgets. They, they, they actually, they, they are their true selves when they write these books. Mark Pomerantz writes as follows, and actually I have the audiobook version. Alan Weisselberg. <laughs> Great guy. His only mistake is working at the Trump Organization because they wanted to take down the Trump Organization. Cut 42. Listen to this stunt they try. Cut 42. Kerry and I also discussed calling Wesselberg's lawyer to fire a warning shot over his bow. We could say that we might be coming after Wesselberg without specifying what we had on him, which was very little at that point, in the hope that he would get scared and fall into our laps as a witness. Hey, wow, that's democracy, huh? That's America? Lawyers running around, bluffing, firing warning shots, scaring people, and they don't have any evidence? Mark Pomerantz is his name. Mark Pomerantz. Welcomed with open arms by the mainstream media, 60 Minutes, MSNBC, full-hour specials for Mark And guess what, though? Even his colleagues knew this guy's crazy. This guy's nuts. You can't do any of this crap you're talking about, and it was crap. Can can you follow this logic? Listen to what he's about to talk about, okay? None of of the other lawyers, by the way, could tolerate this guy. They threw his ass out, ultimately. Cut 43. So, to charge Trump with something other than a misdemeanor... Danny would have to argue that the intent to commit or conceal a federal crime had converted the falsification of the records into a felony. See what they're doing? 
They're bending over backwards, <laughs> doing somersault twists to try to come up with a some sort of justification to charge him as seriously. But they, 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 they actually admit no, nobody has ever tried this in court. It's never been tried. Uh, all the other lawyers thought that this guy was shooting from the hip, had an agenda, did not understand New York state law, was reckless and a fool. But he gets to write a book and go on because he, you know, no one's going to read this nonsense, but it's going to fill some time. It's going to fill some time and more noise about hating Trump. What do they call it? Trump hatred porn or something like that? All right. Can I go back to... Uh... Where was I? Oh, yeah, Biden. He's, uh, oh, all those people making money. Didn't he seem to really kind of, you know, he didn't like that. But don't forget, he is, uh, he loves private industry, right? He's a capitalist. He's a capitalist. Just ask him. Uh, he, he says he has no problem with people making money. It sure sounded like he had a problem with people making money. Um, let's see here. Cut 30, cut 30. Look, I'm a capitalist. You've heard me say this before. Look, I'm a capitalist. I'm not anti-business. I'm a capitalist. I'm a capitalist. Look, you've heard me say it before. I'm a capitalist. I'm a capitalist. I'm not trying to punish anybody. (laughs) He's a capitalist who's never worked in the private sector. Never. Oh, you mean for the 18 months after law school, before he started running for public office? When he was hanging around as, a, as the joke of the town in Wilmington. Okay, we'll give him that. 18 months in the private sector. 55 years ago. How dare he? How dare he? Give me a moment, please. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Kerry and I also discussed calling Wesselberg's lawyer to fire a warning shot over his bow. We could say that we might be coming after Weisselberg without specifying what we had on him, which was very little at that point, in the hope that he would get scared and fall into our laps as a witness. How about that, huh? Prosecutors in action. There are some prosecutors are great. We need prosecutors, not the crazy woke ones and not the overly zealous Trump haters like that guy. That's got to be against some uh, canon of ethics, if not the law calling witnesses to scare them when you have nothing on them. That's happening in the name of us, by the way. He's a, he was volunteering, although it didn't matter if he was getting paid or not. He was officially working with the New York County District Attorney Office. New York County. You know Manhattan is actually officially New York County? Manhattan, Manhattan, New York County, New York County, Manhattan. Hey, this is kind of cool. Uh, the Epic Times has reviewed my book, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. I see the, the, the reviews of Mark Pomerantz's book, even the liberal press, they're kind of nasty. Um, the center pole of the American way of life is freedom, but liberty must be paired with respect for the rule of law or else we will descend into chaos, according to Greg Kelly. It can be quite overwhelming trying to understand all the problems that are currently besetting the United States. In Greg Kelly's debut book, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement, he helps the reader to understand fully one issue, the cultural and racial issues that have plagued law enforcement in America. Kelly has the experience to take a firsthand look at law enforcement. 
His current work as a Newsmax TV anchor and WABC radio host. He was a Marine pilot, correspondent, war reporter, blah, 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 blah. Most interestingly, he is the son of former police commissioner Ray Kelly, the longest serving commissioner in New York City Police Department history. He writes in a fascinating way about three mayors of New York, David Dickens, Rudolph Giuliani and Mayor Bloomberg. Covers many topics. Among these are the Black Lives Matter movement, the difference between equality and equity, progressives not holding criminals accountable for their actions and the politicization of the police force. Much of Kelly's book focuses on what happened after the George Floyd riots at the end of 2020. Kelly calls the occurrences a kind of mass hysteria across America. He exposes myths, myths after myth after myth. This is a long review. And I'm quite grateful. Bottom line, she says, let's just go. I could go. Wow. Myth after myth after myth. She goes through all of it. At the end of the book, Kelly has a picture of a tourist snapping a photo of an NYPD officer gifting a homeless man a pair of boots on a cold day. Kelly says that this image exemplifies the work and service and spirit of service that animates police work. Kelly has it so right. The problems that he mentions in the book are not easily solved, but the reader never gets the feeling that Kelly believes that they can't be. He tells the truth, but never abandons hope. A great read. Wow. That was a great read right there. Epic Times by Linda Weigenfeld. Ms. Weigenfeld, I so appreciate it. Spot on. All right. What else? I got to get the, uh... oh, one other thing. Did you know that um, Richard Blumenthal is a liar 10 times worse, maybe a thousand times worse than um, uh, George Santos? Uh, George Santos has conceded a few things, but listen to listen to Blumenthal. We didn't have this yesterday. Cut 38. We have enough time. Cut 38. We have learned something very important since the days that I served in Vietnam, and you exemplify it. Did you catch that? That snake phony senator said he served in Vietnam when he did everything he could to avoid going to Vietnam, and he succeeded in that effort. Give George Santos a break, at least for now. I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I made it real clear to Xi Jinping that uh, we're going to compete fully with China, but we're not going to look. We're not looking for conflict. And uh, and that's been the case so far. We're not we're not looking for any trouble. Isn't that what they say? Isn't that what they say when the mob comes to shake you down? Oh, we're not looking for any trouble here. Hey, we don't want any trouble. I don't want any trouble. That's what weak people say. Hey, all right, now it sounds like we're shooting balloons down all over the place. What's this? The White House saying they just shot down within the last hour another balloon. What what kind of political crap is this? Turn up the volume, please. This is the White House briefing. As I said, this was the size of a small car, and it was over uh, a very sparsely populated area, but also more critically, over it was over water, water space, when we ordered this down, as we did the as uh, we did the last one, but completely different size, um, and um, the debris field for this. Uh, we expect to be much, much smaller than would have been for the other one. That's difference one. Difference two, uh, we knew for a fact that the PRC balloon that we shot down last week was, in fact, a surveillance asset um, and capable of surveillance over sensitive military sites and that it had self-propulsion and maneuver capabilities. There's no indication that this one did. 
The other one, the first one, was able to maneuver and loiter, slow down, speed up. Um, it was very, it was very purposeful that flight path within inside the inside the, the jet stream. That would suggest that maybe and it out over Alaska too, though. Well, well, well I, look, the Pentagon's already spoken to this question about whether or not they uh, should have or could have shot it down over Alaska airspace. I would refer you to there was two hours and hours of testimony. All right, yesterday. now this is <laughs> they they realize. Oh gosh. I got to get to the bottom of this, but they shot down another balloon. Why didn't they wait? Why? What was the hurry? Oh, it was small, like a car. And what? Where was it? Over land, but over water at the same time. Sunny in Rockland. Hello. How you doing, Greg? Supper fly, my friend. Um, I just want to. I just want to talk about uh, about Santos, and uh, you know, I don't buy him with with these lies that he that he says he he, he did that in, in order to get to. Uh, to be a member of Congress, you know, it just cheapens the position of of a of a House member when people do that. If I I, I wonder when I, in my twenties I went to an interview at the Customs Agent. If I if they would have caught me in a, in a you're, lie, you're break, you're, say, break, you're breaking up. You're breaking up a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't have had my job. You know, I, I wouldn't have got hired if I would have lied. And it's same thing. It, it should go for also for members of Congress and senators and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, it should go, hey, it should go to Joe Biden. It should go to Richard Blumenthal. It should go to a, a thousand of them, all right, uh, to, to select this one guy and the amount of attention that is focused on him right now. Do you think that's warranted? Do you think it's warranted? I mean, this, is, this guy has been a senator, I'm sorry, a congressman for five weeks since January 3rd. They're acting like he's a head of state or something like that. I mean... <laughs> I mean, all right, uh, maybe he lied, maybe he didn't, probably on some things, yes, he admitted it. Is it. Why do you think it's getting all this attention? Do you think if a Democrat had been caught in a similar lie, it would have received this kind of attention? A different set of rules with them. Yeah, isn't but that wild? Just, isn't that wild? It, it is. Yeah, just one other thing on Kevin, on the speaker, Kevin McCarthy. I don't know if you heard this, but on, an, on a recent interview, he was asked on his opinion on Lieutenant Michael Byrd of the Capitol Police when that incident. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It wasn't an interview. It was a press conference, and he said he thought he was doing his job. Uh, I guess you weren't listening that day, Sonny, but uh, I hit him hard on this show and across the street on the Newsmax show. Look, there's things about McCarthy that I'm impressed with, but that he totally dropped the ball. We have uh, we went back, we revisited everything. We showed Michael Byrd his stupid comments. Uh, that he said to Lester Holt, we showed clearly that Ashley Babbitt posed no threat to anybody. Um, but these guys are somewhat beholden to these cops. You know what it is? They're a little bit uncomfortable because they've got guns and they're right there. Uh, and these cops, I think they get a little bit too close with them, a little bit too cozy. I love cops, but you can get a little bit too cozy. These Capitol Hill cops, that whole department needs to be gutted and replaced like tomorrow, like tonight. Anyway, thanks, Sonny. Uh, let's do one more. Uh, Aldo. Aldo. He's in Carol. By any chance, are you a personal trainer, Aldo? Is he there? Aldo. Ah, funny name. Aldo. I knew a personal trainer named Aldo once. Let's do Mike. He's in Wayne somewhere. Hi, Mike. Greg, how are you? I just want to reflect on some. The reason why we're seeing more violence in schools, and I don't know if you saw the video in regards to the uh, black kids beating up that nine-year-old white girl on the school bus. But, I, but number Murphy, one, hey, hold on a second. Uh, she wasn't a white girl. 
who was beat up on that school bus. Yes, she was. No, she wasn't. Okay, my bad. I'm sorry. But even even so, um, you're going to see more violence in school because, like Murphy, he just passed his uh, diversity and inclusion courses, K through 12 in education in New Jersey. And what it does is it says, can I just read something to you? It says, the bill, which will take effect during 2021 school year, aims to teach students about economic diversity equity, inclusion, tolerance, and belonging connection with gender and sex, gender and sexual orientation, race, and ethnicity, disabilities, and religious, religious tolerance. So what they're going to teach kids is that white kids are better off than black kids. Whites are racist. So you're going to see more. That's a lot. White that's all. Yeah, I know. That's a lot in the congr- critical race theory. Uh, that's kind of what it's all about. Yes, and uh, they want the races to be at each other's throats. And it's, hey, you know what we should do is go back and look at Governor Murphy. You know, see how much diversity there was in his finance department at Goldman Sachs when he was busy making his first $100 million. Now, he's got his, and now he has a luxury of indulging in all this crap. And it is crap. Is the congresswoman here yet? Is the congresswoman? No, that's all right. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Mikey. Can Oh, up, 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 up. We are joined right now from an actual lawmaker, a Republican of New York, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney of upstate New York. Uh, welcome to the show. How are you? Great. An actual lawmaker. An actual How lawmaker. Well, we talk about you guys all the time. Uh, we generally don't have you on, but I happen to like you. I think you're there for the right reasons. Uh, how is the State of the Union? How, what was it like sitting in the middle of all that stuff? It's always exciting to be at the State of the Union. I had a wonderful guest who was uh, actually you'd be interested. He's uh, uh, the longest serving sheriff in New York history. He's the sheriff of Yates County, a tiny little county of only about 26,000 people up in upstate New York. And uh, he's just uh, he's been serving over 50 years in the sheriff's department and 32 years as sheriff. So a tremendous guy. It was really an exciting experience for him because, you know, it was so great. So many members had members of law enforcement as their guests, their special guests at the State of the Union. So we had a wonderful time. Uh, I wasn't impressed with Joe Biden, but uh, our guests were tremendous. Oh, that's uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, he was particularly unimpressive. The yelling and the screaming and the shouting, I personally liked. I liked it because he was being called out on his lies in real time. Uh, were you okay with that? I thought it was necessary. I Look, all this uh, kvetching about, you know, oh, my God, how dare they dis- disrupt the decorum. I was there when Nancy Pelosi ripped up Donald Trump's speech. Okay, so when it comes to decorum, uh, Nancy Pelosi is no paragon of virtue, nor are the Democrats screaming and yelling during the State of the Union addresses when when, uh, President Trump was there. They wouldn't stand, uh, even for people that were recognized in the balcony. And you saw a lot of Republicans standing for honorable people in our country, whether you agree with them or not, who were there uh, to be showcased. I, I get it's a dog and pony show. But we stood for people who were victims or were struggling or suffering. And, and uh, the Democrats didn't do that in, in Donald Trump's first speech. So and, and even in the second and later ones, they finally got shamed into standing up. But, you know, when you talk about decorum, uh, look, at the Democrats do not have that cornered. And I think they're more guilty than we are. And uh, I, I think it was appropriate that we had some touch and go with him. And he was attacking us. I mean, he was looking to us, calling us. All these, you know, terrible things saying that, you know, Social Security and Medicare and talking about we don't care about taxing the rich and all that. I'm like, no, we like 
free markets where we support entrepreneurship and, and individual rights and things like that that are guaranteed by our Constitution. You know, so I, I, I thought it was not inappropriate. He wanted to engage. So why shouldn't we engage? So uh, Congresswoman Tenney, there's a Congress, congressman, George Santos, down there. Freshman, have you crossed paths? And what do you make of this guy? <laughs> of course, I know George Santos. He's in the New York delegation. And uh, it was it's very disappointing. I've talked about this many times already on media. It's very disappointing, you know, what's been revealed about George Santos. I think some of the questions it raises are more interesting. Why didn't the Democrats know about it? Why didn't the Republicans know about it? And how come this all, nobody knew any of this? But again, I will say George Santos has not been convicted of anything. He hasn't even been indicted. And if we're going to uh, convict people for lying, then Joe Biden wouldn't be president of the United States. Elizabeth Warren wouldn't be a senator. Uh, Blumenauer wouldn't be a senator either. And so many others who really just capitalize on, on uh, you know, being untruthful with the American people. So, look, George is entitled to his due process. It's disappointing that he continues to ramble on about some things. But right now, uh, I think the Democrats are really trying to create a low bar so that they can actually whittle away and, and, and uh, really go after other Republicans and other people they don't like with malicious prosecution, selective prosecution. And I want to point you to a really important case where Democrats do this. One of my colleagues from the state assembly, who's a dear friend, is the Rensselaer County Executive, Steve McLaughlin. He was tracked down, hunted down, and targeted by Letitia James, who went after him for, there was no claim there from the beginning. She knew it. She prosecuted him. And a couple of weeks ago, Wait, or prosec- two weeks well, ago. Well, what did she accuse him of? She accused him of mishandling his funds and misappropriating his campaign account when he simply paid someone who did services for him. But they tried to criminalize something that wasn't even civilly wrong, and he was acquitted in 40 minutes by a jury. <laughs> and I think it's important that we show the cases where he went after Donald Trump and, you know, the Democrats went out and demanded that his tax returns get exposed. And they keep running the president and his family through the courts. And and uh, and a lot of it, you know, are things that I think as a lawyer look to me like, if anything, they could be civil violations, but certainly not criminal. So when we start seeing selective prosecution, when we see the Department of Justice stand down when it comes to Democrats, but go after Republicans for partisan reasons, I think you have a breakdown in the justice system and you have a breakdown with the, the really the level of trust that the American people have in these institutions that are supposed to be applying the law equally. Here's my concern right now. I feel like the left is winning. Yes, we win battles here and there. Uh, you know, we have the House, but we don't have the Senate. We should have had the Senate. And I feel like I think the word is inexorably. We are moving to the left. Uh, they own big tech. They own all the stuff. I was impressed with the hearings. But let's face it, they're kind of being, you know, marginalized by the media. And I feel like the other side is is winning. Um, how do you feel about that? Does that make sense? That's my concern. I, I I have the same concern, and I think it's because they own the big tech space. They own the media space until now, you know, different shows and different programs like conservative TV and conservative radio were, were really just started mostly in the large scale by Rush Limbaugh. Before that, I don't know how we ever won an election, but they also control the space. And when you talk, when you look at uh, education, including secondary education in the colleges and institutions, 
so much money is flowing to these institutions and students and people are not learning. American people, I know this is a someone who goes door to door. The American people don't even understand our system of government. They don't know that our founders created something very special. It's called self-governance. We are supposed to be contrary to the authoritarianism of communism. And I lived in a communist uh, country, the former Yugoslavia. And I know what it's like when the, when the government controls everything, when the government, no matter how hard you work, uh, and the person next to you doesn't do anything, everybody gets the same thing. It's the equality of outcome that the, the Democrats are seeking. And I think a lot of our, our children have been somewhat uh, really, unfortunately, misinformed and especially highlighted during the pandemic where yeah. parents are finally waking up. But I think it's a problem. And we I, I know a lot of Republicans are fighting back, but we have to be just as as aggressive as they are. Congresswoman Claudia Tenney from central New York, Republican of New York. Keep your eye out for her uh, available wherever you find your Congress uh, men and women on Capitol Hill. What's the best way to reach out to you? Uh, well, Claudia, Claudia Tenney, T-E-N-N-E-Y, that's like J.C. Penny with a T, uh, at my Twitter handle, my Facebook page, Claudia Tenney, the only Claudia ever elected to Congress, so you can find me that way. <laughs> Congratulations. So, you are a pioneer. Yeah. No, we love it. We know you're doing yeah. important work down there. Uh, keep it up and uh, keep in touch, and we'll be right back. Thank you. Thanks so much. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, breaking news. Biden ordered the military to down another high altitude object over Alaska. What the hell's the rush? Why did you why did you wait till North Carolina? What's going on? You warmonger. What's going on with you? <laughs> wow. Talk about these spin meisters, right? They just want to. <laughs> wow. What a tough and decisive guy. Wow. Why did they wait so long the last time? Oh, just that. They think, they think we're going to forget it. All right. He's still owned by China. Madeline from Islip. Hello. Hello, Greg. I was so excited to watch your interview last night. When mm-hmm. you were on yesterday, you said you were going over across the street. And yeah. And I thought, wow, no one does this. And it reminds me of, like, the old interviews where people, you know, they really had different opinions on something. And you got to see the situation. I disagree with you. I you know, I don't want to throw around terms. I'm going to. I, I shouldn't. But I think the guy's a sociopath. He's lied about, like, other things about his mother. He supposedly raised money for a dog charity. Now, there is fake news. And are they going after him, the Democrats? Maybe. But I just give you a lot of credit for having him on. And we'll, over time, see what happens. As far as the girl, the young lady, um, Anna Paulina. Yeah. Um, she's young. You know, and um, I don't think she's a big liar. They're probably going after her. I see that different as George Santos. He's 34. But one thing that's bothered me for a long time, you probably noticed this yourself, you're kind of a sharp guy, um, is this idea that all people are supposed to get along with everyone. And usually women, you know, every time someone dies, you know, in the old days they just reported that they died. Now every the person had a heart of gold. She was loved by everybody. If you're a certain age and everybody loves you and you're... There's something wrong with you. Hey, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I, I, don't you think, though, uh, I think that's always been the case. Everybody is a saint during the eulogy, right? I mean, I think there's more coverage of people now because there are more platforms. I've noticed that. I don't think it's a brand new thing. I mean, let's face it. After somebody dies, you're not supposed to dwell on the negative. You dwell on the positive. And if there isn't that much positive, you basically make it up. Fair enough? 
But there's more coverage of it now in different platforms, so it looks like that's our goal, to have everybody like us. And, yeah. You know, that's not always a great message to be sent. You should I hear be like you. the right reasons. All right. Madeline, thank you uh, very much. Let's go to, uh, let's see, uh, Greg on Staten Island. Hi. Hi, Mr. Kelly. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to say I saw the interview last night. I was very disappointed. I think you were too soft on him, George Santos, and the questions that you did ask him. Able to dance around. I was hey, listen, pal, look, I mean, I had a conversation with the guy. The fake news has been lying to us about everything. Quite frankly, with him, I don't know what to believe, what not to believe. Uh, if you want to, you know, you want to see an edition of hardball and somebody yelling and screaming, you know, I mean, and quite frankly, I can't verify whatever the hell happened with his mother. I, you know, there's some of this stuff. And I do think he's gotten uh, it's it's gotten a little bit out of hand. But, um, you know, what are you going to do? I agree with you. I said, no, the hardball was on you. You're not going to get anywhere back and forth. But I just thought that you would ask him a little bit more than you did. All right, Greg. Well, what can I tell you? I asked him what I asked him. And, uh, you know, I mean, if you didn't like it, I tell you, I recommend that you – no, I mean, whatever. You you can say that. I'm not going to bust on you for um, for you didn't didn't like it. I mean, arguably, yeah, I did not come at him. That was my game plan. Yeah, that's not what I'm going to do. It's uh, not what I do. Uh, although I will say this, he has to come on the show. I didn't. I didn't actually ask him to come on the show. So uh, that's how that came about. All right, say something nice. No, I love you. I really do. But I think you. I wish you had more time with him. Maybe that would have been a lot better. Hey, you know, yeah. I, 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 I look. Let's face it. We. I really liked it that I pressed him on that thing about. All right, why did you lie? And I don't think he said this before. Where is that part where we get him? Ah, here we go. Cut forty six, please. Cut 46. Yes, people exaggerate on their resumes and embellish, but there are some items here that seem to go beyond that. What was motivating you? Was it insecurity? Brian Williams famously got caught in a bunch of lies, and he said, look, I was trying to be something I wasn't because I felt insecure. What was going on inside you? Look, Greg, here's the deal. I would have never gotten the nomination from the Nassau County GOP if I had not concluded college. That was really the main driver because of the way of the nature All right, of there you go. Hey, Greg, you know there. what? He hadn't said that before. And if I were a jerk and I just demanded things and I acted like I was a prosecutor or something like that, or I was a judge or, you know, I had subpoena power, uh, you, and then you come off like a jerk. You do come off like a jerk. I don't think I came. I'd rather come off. I don't want to come off like a jerk. Here I'm a bit more comfortable coming off like a jerk from time to time. Anyway, Greg, What? No, no, no. Turn him off. I want to hear from Greg one more time. Anyway, Greg, uh, forget it. I got to go. Music is up. Is it time? It's time. Thank you all. Uh, Have a great weekend. This does feel like Friday. Sometimes it doesn't. This certainly does. The Fountain of Youth is running. If you're thinking about taking it up, if you're healthy enough, I highly recommend it. It's doing miracles again in my life, not for the first time. You can start very slow. Start slow and build up from there. It's great. All right. See you.